Thanks for listening to Real Presence Live on a Thursday. Father James Gross, a priest from the Diocese of Fargo, here with you today for the next hour and a half. And we're about to begin our Straight Talk segment in just a couple of minutes. The number to call is 877-795-0122. We would love to be able to visit with you and to take your question on the air. There are other opportunities as well if you want to call in and leave a question for us to answer. Um, You can do that. That number again as 877-795-0122. If you are a social media user, log on to our Facebook page and uh, you're welcome to leave a question there and we'll try to get around to it as soon as we can. And uh, it's a lot more I think it's a lot more pleasurable for people if they're able to hear your voices in addition to just mine during this segment. So we are looking forward to visiting with you. 877-795-0122. Any questions of faith, uh, perhaps something you've heard at Mass recently, something you came across, um, even with regard to how faith intersects with current events, any of those sorts of things are, are very helpful. And uh, we certainly look forward to visiting with you about those things. As I mentioned at the beginning of uh, our broadcast today, uh, October 17th is the Memorial of St. Ignatius of Antioch, a very important link in the chain from uh, the post-apostolic period. Not having had the same experiences as the apostles themselves of journeying with Christ in his public ministry, but very importantly, being a sort of apostle by bringing the uh, faith of Jesus and bringing the good news to people who had not heard it before. So we ask for St. Ignatius of Antioch's intercession as well as we go into our Straight Talk segment for today. There are the touch tones and the sound for the Straight Talk segment, 877-795-0122 is the number to call. And you can also leave your message, uh, your question, on our Facebook page. We look forward to hearing from from all of you and uh, to take as many questions as we can. And uh, there are a whole bunch of topics that I am looking forward to getting into during the course of this time, but we really hope that this uh, is stirred by some of the questions that we receive from people and uh, the things that uh, they're mentioning, that the things that uh, are on your mind, that are on your heart, because you never know who else may be listening who says to themselves, I have that exact same sort of question in mind, and I'm sure glad that somebody asked it um, because, you know, I've been wondering this, and at least I'm able to hear you know, some feedback from uh, kind of the uh, official word of mouth, you might say, from the church, and uh, I'll do the best that I can. Um, so we have. Um, we have a, a caller pending that we'll be getting to in just a moment, but we're looking for more people to participate. 877-795-0122 is that number, and uh, we look forward to listening to to having our listeners call in. We also will receive questions on our Facebook page. And uh, let's turn now to um, uh, the uh, oil patch as Aaron is calling in from Williston. Welcome to Real Presence Live. Morning. How is everybody today? We are doing just fine. It's a sunny morning here so far, which is exactly what the doctor ordered. So, uh, you have a yeah. question? You have a question for us this morning? Yeah, I, I actually called in yesterday and got a little bit of clarification on it from Father yesterday, but um, a little more discussion last night with my wife on it, and, and today it was, it, I'd like to get another perspective on it. The church's feelings. Um, I am 
Hey, I'm a, a good Christian. I, I very faithful to God and everything, but I do not attend church. But maybe once a year, you know, at Christmas with my family when I can, and most of it, it is an excuse, but most of it is due to my work and being gone and everything like that. Um, my question is, you know, I guess what his father's feelings on that. I'm trying to get clarification of, of the church's stance. I mean, I understand. I have my own relationship with God that that nobody can intervene with, no priest, no no nobody. That's between me and God. And, he, and God knows how faithful I am, and, and I know what God has done for me. But as far as the church and the stance of the church, what do they feel about me not attending church on a regular basis, not coming to the house of God to worship? Mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate that question, Aaron. And uh, uh, first of all, I want to say that uh, I can relate to people uh, who are in a, a very situ- similar situation that you're in because of work schedules and the kind of occupation that you have where it may not line up uh you know, um, accurately or um, conveniently to be able to attend Mass on Sundays or or Saturday nights or whatever the case may be. Um, I guess my first statement to answer this question would be sort of an all of the above, that uh, what a person is doing in their private lives with regard to cultivating a relationship with prayer and taking that time for God with prayer, you know, it is a very important thing. Um, But... uh, you know that as far as possible uh, attending uh, mass on on the lord's day is a, is a great gift for us um and and that in addition to various other holy days of obligation or other important days you know we um as priests will often observe that there are certain days that bring out a lot of people who desire to come to church even though it wouldn't necessarily be required of them like ash wednesday for example is a day when you get a uh, a higher than average mass attendance in a lot of cases but there's no obligation attached to it we ought not to just speak of uh Sunday Mass only in terms of obligation, uh, that uh, it goes back to the understanding of how the uh, people of Israel had their whole uh, sensibilities and their sense of time shaped by the creation story and God uh, implementing a day of rest as one day within that week and a day that is a a gift that we are invited to return to the Lord in terms of offering our our praise and worship. Um, In terms of an analogy, Yes, there is, um, you know, a precept of the church that calls for attendance and uh, participation at Mass on Sundays and Holy Days of Obligation. But when we're talking about something that is so good and that is such a gift to us, we can't only speak of it in terms of obligation. Um, Although that really is, uh, you know, an important part of our understanding of it. And that doesn't uh, it, it doesn't matter whether or not the individual priest who is presiding is someone whose personality you find magnetic or maybe not so much or, or various things like that. That's all of a, a of a different sort of plane. Um, we encourage people to make the effort as much as possible to um, attend Mass on Sundays and Holy Days of Obligation and to um, uh, bring uh, any uh, willful missing of Mass on those days uh, to the Sacrament of Reconciliation for uh, forgiveness, to be in a state of grace, and to be able to receive uh, the body and blood of Christ uh, in Holy Communion. There's an analogy that uh, someone had given me that I found was interesting. If you had $168 of cash in your pocket and someone asked you for just $2 and they seemed like they were in a really hard luck situation. It might not be 
you know, a big gesture, at least the way you see it, you know, depending on what your attitude might be, it may be sort of an inconvenience, but you think, well, okay, $2 less from 168, you know, that's not much skin off my nose, so to speak. Well, let's look at it in in terms of a different way. Uh, The Lord gives us seven days a week with 24 hours in each day. Uh, Multiply those numbers, you get 168 hours in a week. Um, And, uh, yeah, that's my my arithmetic is correct there. 168 hours in a week. Yeah, yeah. Now, in some cases, you're sleeping, you're working, you know that sort of thing. But everybody has at least a little bit of, um, you know, uh, uh, of time to spare. And if right. the uh, the the unloading of two bucks from your wallet doesn't seem like much when you have 168, what is it about our human nature that causes us to balk when we're talking about two hours out of the time of our week? Now, the one hour, you could say, is the Sunday Mass, and then in the other six days of the week, let's say if you spent 10 minutes kind of unplugging from devices and all of the rest of it, and spending time in prayer, in devotions, and reading scripture, things like that, you would have two hours uh, that you are, in a sense, giving back in a noble way out of uh, all of the hours that are given to us in each day. And uh, you know, oftentimes there are people who you know make a calculation in terms of, if I'm going to Mass, then I'm not able to do something else that I was going to do. I had a project around the house. I had you know this or, or that going on and that sort of thing. Um, the Holy Spirit really challenges us to think not just in terms of a zero-sum game, that when we give that time uh, as members of the community of faith at Mass, we receive so much more. Uh, it's not just about the loss of that hour's worth of time doing something else that, that we could do. So, um, you right. know, what yeah. do we what do we think about people who, you know, we are, are sympathetic toward the circumstances, but we want to encourage people to think about what their what God's vocation to holiness, what God's call to holiness means in their lives and how they can respond in a way that's truly going to transform their hearts and minds. So that's kind of how right. I Right, and I know, that, I know that the church would never look negatively upon somebody like that, you know, but I, I, I want to be, I, wanna, I want the, the church to also understand where I'm, where, the position that I'm in, you know, along with God. And, and I, I know the church does, but I just kind of wanted to get a, Sure. Yeah, get get a little more insight on that from you, and I appreciate Excellent. that very much. I, I, thank I, you. I love that answer. That was great. All right. Thank you very much, Aaron. Thanks for listening, and thanks for calling in today. Thank you. All right. So that number again for Straight Talk is 877-795-0122. And uh, we can also leave questions on our Facebook page uh, for Real Presence Radio. Yes, I think more so than even in recent years than a generation or two previous, uh, there are a lot of people who are disconnecting from uh, the life of the parish community. And uh, perhaps in some cases, they may see their relationship with God in terms of their taking the time and the effort to come to church as purely consumeristic. Uh, they're 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 going you know as a consumer or somebody who's sort of shopping and you know just like uh, a, a retail store would like for you to be there regularly but understands that you perhaps may not you know that you're not going to be making appointments to do that that they may transfer that attitude to um, uh, the church community and that relationship and uh, the Catholic Church stands as a prophetic voice in the society, recalling 
for people the uh, the great gifts that God has to give us, the graces that we cannot receive from anyone else but him and that we cannot provide only for ourselves. So let's be sure to keep that in mind. Even during those days when the alarm is going off particularly early so it feels to us on a Sunday morning or we're having to drag ourselves uh, you know, to church and all sorts of obstacles. There are kids who are whining and complaining I don't want to go. Why do I have to go? Various things like that. Uh, stand firm. Fight the good fight. We really and we really appreciate that. So um, our number is eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. You can also leave those questions on our Facebook page for Real Presence Radio. And uh, once again, I want to just plug our website, uh, yourcatholicradiostation.com, which has great information. We talked about the prayer requests for the prayerfully yours segment. You also want to alert you to the uh, schedule that you can find of our great programming here on Real Presence Radio. There are adjustments that are made here and there, especially with the weekend programs, because that can be uh, a little bit more uh, confusing. But uh, during the day on Saturday, we do uh, virtually every Saturday encore presentations of the five Real Presence Live programs that you hear during the week, beginning at 6 a.m. Central Time, 5 a.m. Mountain Time, and continuing in the sequence of the days of the week into the afternoon. So we sure appreciate your uh, tuning in and uh, your support of Real Presence Radio. If this is the first time, perhaps, that you are listening to Real Presence Radio, welcome. We hope that you set this as a preset on your uh, on your radio, and that you uh, turn to your local station, uh, and the uh, your Catholic radio station will also give you information of our frequencies for our stations and affiliates. If you find yourself traveling through our listening area, so that you don't have to miss a minute of our wonderful programming, we have Brent on the phone from White Owl, South Dakota. Welcome to Real Presence Live. Thank you, Father Gross. Um, my question for you today regards, uh, in, in the commandments, uh, thou shalt not kill, uh, mm-hmm. versus the possibility of the interpretation of thou shalt not murder. And the reason I ask this is I have a young soldier friend who was struggling with that interpretation because of, uh, actions he'd had to take while in service. And I was wondering if you could help us with that interpretation. Fantastic. I sure appreciate that question, Brent, and I want to thank uh, your friend for his service and uh, the efforts to uh, preserve our freedoms and our way of life uh, in the United States. Yes, the fifth commandment, thou shalt not kill, Uh, It's interesting to look at what the Catechism of the Catholic Church does in the discussion of that. As you might expect, it broadens it beyond just the uh, parameters of that statement by looking at um, violence uh, and um, uh, attitudes of, uh, you know, um, prejudice, uh, racism, various sorts of things like that, keeping in mind something that... um, uh, Saint, that, that Jesus said in St. Matthew's Gospel in chapter 5 that, uh, you know, um, anyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment and that, you know, there's an expansion, you might say, of the understanding of thou shall not kill. With regard to um, uh, service of one's country in uh, accord with what uh, moral theologians call the just war theory, if a person is uh, acting in defense of a country and is in battle, you're not seeking to... um, you're not seeking to cheapen human life for its own sake, but 
one is seeking rather to uh, defend uh, one's country. And although, you know, the church would say that wherever possible, uh, war and those conflicts should be avoided and that we should try to mediate for other solutions, for peaceful solutions, uh, one who is in that position can take heart in knowing that as long as they are not exercising an excessive sort of uh, vengeance that would be unnecessary, but are seeking to preserve their own lives, that we're not talking about that same sort of thing. Um, when we talk about the, the word murder, I think that's an important distinction in this umbrella of the fifth commandment, thou shalt not kill. There's like a five-part definition to that word. Murder is the deliberate taking of innocent human life. And so if you are committing some of those things, but not all, there may be a degree of sinfulness about that. First of all, the, the uh, object, you might say, has to be living. So if it's, uh, if it's a person who's already dead or that sort of thing, of course, that doesn't apply. Human life is a standard of its own. While a person should have a proper ecology in terms of respect for God's creation, there is a standard by which human life is raised above that of, of other life forms because of our being created in the image and likeness of God and having that intellect and will. Now, innocent human life is another consideration when you talk about um, whether or not somebody is seeking to uh, commit deadly force and is to uh, taking your life first. Um, there is a lot of controversy about various stand-your-ground laws in different states around the country about what uh, a homeowner or a property owner would be entitled to do if someone is breaking in and uh, attempting to uh, harm them or rob them. So that that category adds you know, to all of this. Uh, a taking of innocent human life, so something that would uh, definitively end you know, result in ending the life that's of greater seriousness than just, you know, a wounding, although a wounding of somebody is, you know, serious business too. And then deliberate. That word deliberate means that we are knowing what it's, knowing that it's wrong ahead of time. We're, we're planning to do so and we are choosing to do so even though there is our, a part of us in our conscience that would try to steer us away from that. So when you look at, uh, murder, specifically speaking, it, it requires those categories of the deliberate taking of innocent human life. If one of those dimensions is removed from that uh, definition, um, you still have a serious matter, but not necessarily... Um, uh, not, perhaps not necessarily mortally sinful as understood with the prohibition of the commandment, thou shalt not kill. So that's just kind of my... Uh, my Perhaps not as short as I intended, but short answer to that to that whole question. That is a, a, a very good explanation, and it helps. Part of this individual's trouble was that he fully believed he was justified uh, under the law, but the confusing part for him was the emotions during the struggle of the event. Um, right. He fully felt he was justified, but at the same time, uh, he wasn't malicious, but he was very angry, and mm -hmm. uh, it became a confusing thing for him.
Right. And that's where, as a, a church, we, we do well to work with and to journey with people, whether there be post-traumatic stress disorder or other sorts of uh, issues that are impacting them because of uh, the singular importance of the gift of life. So it, it's not surprising that people may be experiencing these struggles. But uh, Brent, we thank you very much for your question, and uh, we thank you for listening to Real Presence Radio. Thank you, Father Gross. I appreciate it greatly. Wonderful. It's great to visit with you. And our number is 877-795-0122. We also can receive questions on our Facebook page for Real Presence Radio. That number again, 877-795-0122. There still is a few minutes of time in this segment for those who wish to call in. We have uh, Tania with us from Hawley. I I hope I'm pronouncing Tonia. Okay. I always get that name confused. So uh, welcome to Real Presence Live. Thanks, Father. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's one of your claims to fame, that it's uh, not necessarily the most uh, intuitive uh, name in terms of how people pronounce it, right? <laughs> well, that's, that's absolutely, absolutely not. I'm used to it, though, Father. It teaches me great humility. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Um, you have a question for us today. Yeah, and it's kind of a two-part question, but I'll try to keep it brief. So um, in a course of conversation, um, a uh, conversation had come up um, that we I had spoken with uh, somebody on, and I just wanted your take on it. It's kind of an interpretation thing about scripture. Okay. So we were talking of, talking about uh, um, uh, just because uh, uh, quite a few of my friends live a different lifestyle uh, okay. from myself, um, which totally I mean understand where they're where they're at, you know, meet them where they're at type thing. Um, but the question was raised. Um, in particular, this this one where where Paul talks about being all things to all people, mm-hmm. and uh, what the interpretation of that is in direct consequence to myself and my interaction with these other people who don't live the same lifestyle in the sense that they they don't follow um, church teaching, you know, they kind of live right. a modern secular life. Um, so the, so the question was raised, you know. So let's say they live a rougher lifestyle. Um, and they use rougher language. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm a saint, and I, and I never let out a cuss word or a swear word in a situation of stress or undue pain. Mm-hmm. Um, however, it's not a regular use of verbiage for me, and I don't necessarily see it as respectful of others. So the question was raised, if I was just to let one drop every once in a while, would that make them feel more comfortable around me? And in that case, would that qualify as being all things to all people if I act at least in a little bit like they act to make them feel comfortable around me? Uh, because there could be some sense that they're not comfortable uh, because they know I live a different lifestyle. I don't necessarily sure. approve of the lifestyle they live. However, not so much as that is said. Um, but it's kind of like, well, they have a holier-than-thou attitude towards you, so therefore... You know, can you just loosen up a little bit and and let them know that you're weak and human too, even though it's not necessarily something I would normally do. I don't even see it as respectful. Uh, thoughts right. on that? Well, yes. In, in uh, relation to scripture. 
Yeah, very good. Uh, thanks, Tonio, for that uh, question. I don't have the specific uh, verse uh, location, but I do remember very clearly that phrase uh, St. Paul is talking about. Uh, I think it's something to the effect of, I've become all things to all people so that I may save at least some. And uh, so what is it that, that he's getting at there? I think part of the dynamic is um, that uh, uh, Paul is very much influenced by having to work out in his own life what elements of the law of Moses are to be retained by Christians, especially by Jews such as he was, who uh, convert to Christianity, and what things are going to be set aside. Uh, in another place in his letters, he talks about his... Um, bona fides, you might say, with regard to his uh, Jewish background, that he was a, a Pharisee and uh, of the tribe of Benjamin and various sorts of things like that. So if he were to print up a business card, you know, he'd have all sorts of lines of those sorts of things from his background. But he was struggling with the fact that as an increasing number of Gentiles were requesting to uh, be, become part of the Church of Jesus, what exactly do we do for these people? Do we have to, in, in essence, convert them to Judaism before receiving them into full communion as, uh, as Christians? And uh, this was a, a question that was vexing the early church to the point that the very first ecumenical council of the church in Jerusalem was called, uh, you may recall reading in chapter 15 of Acts of the Apostles, where they're sorting through some of these questions. And I guess one interpretation that I would say of St. Paul saying, you know, to be all things to all people, is that he's trying to transcend some of these boundaries in order to be able to relate to those who come in his path. Um, that he will um, set aside, uh, whether they be prejudices or not, uh, set aside certain customs that had been of uh, primary importance to him because the greater goal is to be able to uh, preach the good news and to enable people to um, embrace Embrace that grace of conversion of heart where they are being disciples of Christ. Now, um, yes, uh, there there is an extent to which that seems like it's you know somewhat hyperbolic. But I think if we talk about the if we talk about the the understanding of what is necessary to retain in regard to that Jewish uh, heritage and what can be left aside, you know, for example, um, you know, does circumcision have to be retained? Do other sorts of uh, dietary laws, you know, with um, various things like that? And and uh, he, Saint Paul came to the realization that in his ministry to Jews and Gentiles alike, that he's really um, being called to uh, reach out to all of them. Now, how this uh, manifests itself in your relationship with your friends, uh, in your community, or in your Bible study, I would say, generally speaking, um, you know, let's not... Um, uh, give in to vice of whatever form just in the hopes that it's going to make you seem more normal or cool or, or relatable to them. Uh, each and every one of us has struggles enough of our own in living life, you know, whether you're a, a parent with children or whether you're married or, you know, the kind of work that you do. Um, you know, we're, we're not in the Garden of Eden anymore, right? <laughs> so we have uh, all sorts of struggles. And I would say rather than to um, or, you know, ra rather than to sacrifice uh, various uh, actions of purity and speech and thought, um, but to, to, to remain uh, committed to those things and to, 
you know, show compassion in a different way than trying to, you know, mimic some of the, uh, you know, the, the less virtuous uh, actions of those around you. Um, there, there was another thought that I had that just kind of flew right out of my head. Hopefully it'll fly right back in through my ear. But, uh, you know, with regard to uh, relating to people, um, yes, this is what I meant to say. Uh, one of the common refrains of people who were pagans in the early church, when they looked at the lifestyle and the mannerisms of Christians is that they said, see how they love one another. And if we investigate what that love looks like, it's bound to be something that is uh, not only inviting, but contagious in a sense. So I think that's an important thing for us to come to in prayer as we consider things like what St. Paul is saying of being all things to all people so as to save at least some. How does that love of Christ manifest itself in our lives so that people aren't thinking to themselves only, oh, I wish this person you know, was, uh, you know, um, drinking with us at the bar, you know, various things like that. But, uh, you know, what does this person have that is, that, that stands out to me and how can I be a part of that? You know, um, so, so I guess that's just kind of the, the, the reaction that I have to that basic question. Awesome. Well, thank you for that answer, Father. That was, that was really great. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for calling, Tonia, from uh, Holly, just outside of uh, Moorhead. And uh, we are coming toward the end of this segment on Straight Talk, so I want to again thank our callers who uh, chimed in. And this is an, this is a segment that we offer to you uh, pretty much every, uh, uh, every program, Monday through Friday, from 9.30 to 10 a.m. Uh, also, I was just going to mention very briefly, let's keep uh, in our prayers... Uh, the representatives of the bishops of the church who are gathered in Rome with the uh, Amazon Synod. Now, there are a lot of things being written in the Catholic press about what we expect may come out of this, uh, you know, whether maybe favorable or not so favorable and, and speculation. The one thing I would say is that in Pope Francis, we have a uh, vicar of Christ who is trying to concentrate on and shed light on uh, groups of people who are, for whatever reason, continually marginalized and are not the most prominent members, one might say, with regard to how other, you know, a, a majority of Catholics look upon themselves uh, in the world. And so by looking at this region of South America, he's telling, in a sense, all of us, especially those in, in developing countries, that they have an equal stake in the uh, well-being of the, uh, the, the, the celebration of faith in Christ, and that uh, their witness to the virtues of faith, hope, and charity is, is critically important. There have been uh, cardinals that have been recently named who have come from places where uh, a cardinal had never been before, and in many of these developing countries, that's another way that Pope Francis is trying to highlight and to raise our own awareness of these brothers and sisters in the Church Universal. So we keep our prayers going for that as well. Father James Gross here with you from the studio in Grand Forks. Our second hour of Real Presence Live is around the corner. Stay with us. Mm-hmm. 